Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. On this week's show, Disney is bringing back a figment of our imagination. Marvel continues to drop big news about upcoming projects. Abed's prediction about a community movie finally comes true. Timothy Chalamet bears his bones and all. Netflix is about to take us on an excellent adventure. And we get a huge trailer for Wakanda Forever. So join us as we discuss all this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hello, my name is Kev, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys and collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. We're back with another edition of This Week in Geek, where we look at all the latest news and trailers from the Geekiverse. Of course, I can't do this alone. Joining me on the show, there are a couple of excellent friends with a sturdy outer shell, and when it comes to movie news, they're always ready to give it hell. Justin and Darcy, how are we doing today? Great. How are you? Yeah, I love that intro. <laughs> Excellent friends. And then you went, somehow went to Raisin Hell. I like how you got there. It was a journey. <laughs> it's always it's always a bit of a journey to come up with these rhymes at the beginning of the show. It might be the hardest it might be the hardest part of, the, of hosting these shows, but it's always uh just, always just a fun as a time. stipulation, you don't have to, but it's always it's always appreciated. <laughs> but when you're when we're three years deep in something like this, it's just gotta sure. happen. You know, can't change sure, the formula absolutely. now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, everyone had a good week. Uh, I know for myself, uh, the, the, the real effects of parenthood are kicking in this week. Uh, uh, I'm starting to uh, learn all about sleep deprivation now. Um, I am, I'm on zombie time right now, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that yet. I'm, I guess I'm trying to get myself ready for, for what will be. I think you're going to do just fine, but it will be uh, those tricky nights where you're in a rush to to edit a podcast and you're you're half awake. I, I have a feeling I have a feeling a couple of those podcasts might be a bit shaky from an editing perspective. <laughs> It'll definitely be interesting to see. Um, but you know, uh, we are kind of back in the swing of things now with our weekly this week in geek. We're 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 rolling on with our traditional formula, and so I think don't uh, jinx you know, it. <laughs> no, hey, but no, it's 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 been good. It's been good. We've been able to stick to uh, you know again the the regular formula. So uh, why don't we do just that and start where we always do with the news? It's all about the details. Our first story comes from Rosie Cordero at Deadline. Disney Dragon character Figment is getting a featured treatment from Dan Hernandez, Benji Semit, and Point Grey. A Disney film is in the works featuring the character Figment, a small purple dragon who serves as the mascot of Epcot's Imagination Pavilion in Orlando. The feature hails from Seth Rogen's Point Grey, with Pokemon detective Pikachu's Dan Hernandez and Benji Semit set to write. Figment was created by Walt Disney Imagineers Tony Baxter and Steve Kirk, among other collaborator, uh, collaborators, in 1983, the same year it made its debut in the Epcot ride Journey into the Imagination. Uh, a classic for, for old-school Disney World fans, uh, Figment is the embodiment of the imagination process, uh, a figment of your imagination quite literally. Uh, although he's one of Disney's more obscure characters, Figment has a devoted fan base that has ensured his role at the park is never diminished. Various attempts to remove the ride or decrease his presence have been met with loud protests. Today, he's the star of the latest version of the ride Journey into Imagination with Figment. Uh, the feature will not be Figment's first time on the big screen, however. He made cameo appearances in two, uh, 2015's Inside Out and 2019's Toy Story 4. Uh, so I am I am a member of that small but vocal minority. Figment uh, was a favorite character of mine from childhood. You were one of those rioters, eh? Mm -hmm. You were one of those. People I don't with know those if sides. I would have lined up outside the parks with a sign. You know, Figment, change yourself to the ride. No. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm always a fan of updating and and uh, constant innovation. And so uh, I certainly had no problem with Disney sort of tweaking the experience. And I think it could even mm -hmm. be tweaked a little more uh, journey into imagination has never been a standout but for whatever reason it resonated me uh, w with me as a kid uh, so it'll be kind of fun to see the character uh, maybe take the take center stage for for the first time for a lot of people yeah uh, I'm hoping that the it's a good movie because if reception for this movie is well then maybe we will finally see that ride get 
a, a much needed update bringing it into the, the 21st century because the last one it I mean having ridden it in the last few years it was a it was a long ride we got stuck at a certain part and saw the same video probably mm-hmm. five or six times so it yeah it definitely could use an update and i hope that the movie is what uh, kind of spurs that movement yeah, I, I think Disney's efforts to blend the lines between their park rides and movie creations and help kind of round out the experiences altogether, I think Figment's the perfect character that deserves to, to have an updated movie, something that's probably, you know, again, uh, given who's involved, I'm, I'm thinking something more in line with what we got from Chip and Dale, a little bit more satirical, a little bit more uh, meta, if you will still very uh you know meaningful in in what figment symbolizes as as sort of the beacon of imagination if you will because i i that's you know again not being a veteran of disney but you know going on that ride i think once or twice and really being able to take away that it it is about imagination and how that is the key to creativity and, and that unlocks so much and i think that that is such a relevant and an important message that can continue and it's such a staple to disney's you know mantra if you will of of what goes into what they make is is that imagination i think it's it's almost like a secondary mascot for disney in a a way uh and given that you know epcot is celebrating its 40th anniversary it's perfect timing for this news i know from the news article they had seth brogan's face there i was like could he be voicing figment because i'm kind of into that if that's the case <laughs> it would certainly be quite the uh the uh departure from, from the, the norm the character's yeah. voice now i remember when we did our day at disney uh youtube video and and i voiced the character there and we even had to pitch up my already high-pitched voice just to sort of try and capture it as best we can so having seth rogan sort of grunt his way through the character i kind of dig it though funny. i kind of dig it it could be could be a different figment it could be like you know the the behind the scenes figment you know like he's he's one way on camera so you get another voice actor for that and then when he's off camera he's the seth rogan like you know touting kind of guy and maybe he's lost imagination just because of where everything is you know what i mean like there's a lot that can be explored with That's that character good. and and mm-hmm. in a special in a way that makes it relevant for now that still speaks to the importance of of what imagination can breed and that that creativity because even imagination is what and i'm pretty sure in the ride they talk about it from science even from a science perspective Mm -hmm. uh you know imagination is the key to why we have some of the science revelations that we've had over the years it's because someone had imagined that and and you know went through the process of what does that look like and made it a reality so it's an interesting thing to kind of branch across so yeah I've, it, it definitely has me interested in in what what the potential could be as as i've as i've already stated here <laughs> yeah, no i i like your pitch on it already i think that uh that that would work really really well so it'll definitely be interesting to follow this uh you know the the production of this movie as we we find out a little bit more uh as we go go through time here um but speaking of a character sort of making their their first appearance on the big screen um, we're going to head over into some Marvel news where a character is going to be uh, starring on the big screen rather than the small screen in kind of uh, surprising news. Uh, the first story here comes from Boris Kitt at The Hollywood Reporter. Marvel is shaking up Armor Wars, Don Cheadle series now being developed as a movie. Uh, Yasser Lester, who was acting as head writer on the series, will remain as its feature scribe. Marvel Studios has shaken up the project, and what was set to have been a series for Disney Plus will be redeveloped as a feature film. Sources say the studio was committed to telling the story the right way and realized that a feature was better suited for the project. Like all Marvel movies, Armor Wars is intended for a theatrical release. Don Cheadle, who is reprising his longtime uh, MCU role as Colonel James Rhodey Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine, remains on board to star. Yasser Lester, as I mentioned, who is acting as head writer on the series, will remain as its feature scribe. Marvel has been eyeing a 2023 start of production on the series, but the few people who were gearing up for that were notified Thursday of the change of direction. No directors have been officially attached, and it's unclear where an Armor Wars feature would slot in on Marvel's timeline of movies and Disney Plus series. Little is known about Armor Wars, although earlier this month at Disney's D23 Expo, Cheadle joined Marvel Studios producer and President Kevin Feige on stage, revealing a logo for what was then touted as a six-episode event series. Feige first announced plans for Armor Wars in late 2020. 
Uh, the title, Armor Wars, hails from a celebrated storyline that was published in the Iron Man comics in 1987 and 88, written by David Michelini and Bob Layton, with art by Mark Bright. It tackled the idea of the highly advanced technology of Iron Man falling into the wrong hands. Uh, the live-action series was seen as a way to showcase multiple types of armor. Um, so, Dars, as our resident comic book fan, how familiar, if at all, are you with the Armor Wars storyline uh, that was in the Iron Man comics? Uh, I have never read the actual Armor Wars storyline itself, but I have, uh, being a fan of the Iron Man comics recently, or of later years, I guess, the uh, they do like to call back to uh, certain big storylines throughout the course of a, of a story. So I constantly see them talking about what happened during the Armor Wars. And if anything, I'm more excited. I'm excited because I hope that we get to see Justin Hammer come back because Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer was a huge uh, part, or at least just Justin Hammer was a huge part of the original Armor Wars storyline because he was, again, Stark's biggest rival in the industry. So I think it'd be really cool for him to come back as... At least a minor antagonist, kind of like he was for Iron Man 2, but have him be a bit more competent this time. Yeah, I think there's actually been rumors floating around that both he and Paul Bettany as White Vision would be returning to the Armor Wars um, movie. And I think it's 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 smart. Um, there's also been a lot of rumors online, on Twitter, people talking about how Marvel is kind of moving away from the Disney Plus series and shifting them into productions that are similar to what we're getting with Werewolf by Night, uh, where they're Marvel Studio special presentations. And I think that's in a way for them to adjust their own pacing. Because when you look at their strategy for the next three years with series and movies, it's a lot. And there's so much that, you know, a series like this would entail and into a six episode series. I think even though there might be more of a budget, there's more of a scale, I think it's probably gonna be easier for them to package this as a, as a film and put it on the big screen versus trying to tell it in a six part series. You know, we've been seeing this throughout the Marvel Disney Plus experience. It's like, well, that should have been a movie and this should have been a series kind of thing. And, you know, I think that they're still figuring out that formula and this might be the next evolution of that where they're starting to take some of these stories and say, you know what, uh, let's let's make some specials out of them. I think the, the two series that were supposed to be taking place in Wakanda, one about uh, Okoye and one about the Wakanda people, which was supposed to be a series, is now being rumored to be one of these Marvel special uh, events, if you will. So uh, special presentations, sorry. Uh, so I think this is kind of like their first sort of announcement of that direction. I, I'm, I'm expecting that we'll hear more about uh, things kind of going that way where there might be transitioning to contained episodes uh, or s smaller movie events. Well, it's definitely interesting because this is the first time I can think of where something that was scheduled to be a show has been converted or the plans have changed to it becoming a movie. And I wonder with something like Armor Wars where you're going to have so much focus on the suits and and the the CGI necessary to sort of pull that off, I wonder if the idea here is it requires a bigger budget than maybe, not that they chintz out on the TV shows in any way, shape, or form, but I think maybe the budget needs to be a bit bigger and then you need to justify that by getting that box office revenue that that a film would bring in versus the Disney+. Plus. Um, so I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Um, definitely. That definitely, I think, plays plays a part in in that as well. I think it's it, you got to imagine that they're looking at numbers on all angles to understand it, and even from a time perspective, to shoot six episodes of that series with the post production process, it's probably you know more costly and more timely uh, than if they just decided to do it as you know a two hour, just over two hour movie. Uh, that that really does hone in and they can, you know, throw maybe a little bit more of those dollars for post-production, knowing that they'll get that return because it's a box office. Uh, it'll be in box office. So, you know, it, I think that's totally, totally true. And and I mean, Darcy, you got me excited with the idea of uh, Sam Rockwell potentially returning. Obviously, we don't have any word on that. But, um, you know, it, you know, we have a terrific Please, actor like Sam Rockwell um, yeah. and he kind of wasted in, in Iron Man 2 uh to sort well, of redeem that and he's fantastic but i mean yeah he was fantastic he was a highlight i return no. and, and watch a lot sure. and so you know maybe a, a second chance to to produce something he, where he, you know you want to watch it more than once to see him mm -hmm. and it it definitely fits with his character's storyline i mean if you look at iron man 2 he was basically doing the same thing that Arm, armor royals were before that 
he's doing the same thing that Armor Wars will be focusing on, and it's the, right. the non-Stark produced uh, body suits or right. suits of armor type things. So I, I perfect time for him to uh, to bring him back, oh. and I do think that a lot of it maybe. Falcon and Winter Soldier, they learned from that where there was a lot of filler and not enough like action to kind of keep the the viewer interested. Whereas with this, when you're talking about ar- suits of ar- like suits of armor flying around the screen, you want to see that. So definitely yeah. makes sense that they're shifting to a movie. Yeah, I and I I also think that you know getting into speculation, you know, if they bring back Justin Hammer, you know, they've they've already hinted at Modok. You know, aim is a big thing. I, I you know it might just might be a perfect storm to kind of you know bring those two together and bring that bring that into the MCU. So um yeah, I think that it makes total sense for for uh Justin Hammer to to uh make his return. With a name like Justin, come on. This fucking <laughs> Who knows it will certainly be interesting to uh to follow this up and uh, obviously uh, if it hasn't even started, we won't see this for for at least a few years, but uh, like the article says, it will be interesting to see sort of where they slot well, it into the whole MCU timeline. Well, from what we know, Secret Invasion is to feed into Armor Wars, so it's kind of the sequel to that story. So it's got to happen after that. It's just where is it going to fit, to your point, because there's, there's a lot of movies in that timeline and there's a lot of series coming, so where is it going? Uh, yeah, and I think we just have to trust in Feige. Uh, he probably knows a lot more than has been released. He's just keeping it a secret for now. And uh, speaking of secrets, this ties right into our next MCU story, which comes from Justin. Speaking of Justins, this comes from Justin Kroll <laughs> at Deadline. Avengers Secret Wars. Uh, Michael Waldron is tapped to pen the upcoming installment for Marvel Studios. Following the success of Loki and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Michael Waldron looks to be in line for another high-profile Marvel property. As sources tell Deadline, he is set to write Avengers Secret Wars for Marvel Studios. Deadline recently broke that Jeff Loveness was on board to write Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Following the news, Destin Daniel Creighton would be directing Kang Dynasty for Marvel Studios, and now both films have locked up their writers. Insiders add that Secret Wars will have its own director, though it's assumed all parties will be in touch while the films are in development. Marvel mm-hmm. Studios president Kevin Feige is, pro- uh, is producing, obviously. Like the Kang Dynasty, <laughs> plot de- details are being kept under wraps. Avengers Secret Wars was part of the massive unveiling of the future phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this summer's San Diego Comic-Con, including its November 8, 2025 release date. Insiders say meetings for the job took place last month, and while a number of writers met, many believed Waldron was the frontrunner given how much trust the studio has in the writer. Waldron's been on a roll with the studio during the past year, starting with last year's hit Loki series for Disney+. Plus. Uh, Waldron served as exec producer and showrunner on the series, which was so popular it became one of few Marvel series to receive a second season renewal. Production on season two is also underway. On the film side, Waldron wrote one of Marvel's bigger movies in uh, the post-pandemic times with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The film bowed in May and has grossed more than $950 million at Worldwide Box Office. Waldron is also developing and writing Feige's secret Star Wars film for Lucasfilm, uh, but we don't have much details on that to talk about today. Uh, And so, um, you know, as a fan... Of Loki, but not so much Multiverse of Madness. I'm I'm kind of torn how I feel about Waldron getting you know such an integral role on such an important. That this is this is maybe the biggest Marvel movie ever, and so it's it's for sure. Um, I, I I'm 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 torn here. I'm torn. I I'm I'm also torn. Um, but it does make sense that he would be front runner. You know, even from our interview earlier this year, uh, with. Michael Waldron and Sam Raimi and and Kevin you asked him a question about balancing uh you know what the comics gave you and and taking it in a new direction and he talked about some of his inspiration and some of that inspiration did spill from Secret War so I think he's actually probably the best informed to take it in the direction knowing where their Marvel wants to go with it but that said you know, Doctor Strange was a little sloppy. Uh, I think it gave us some some great moments and some some cool stuff, but it was it was just very inconsistent. And for everything that that movie was expected to be, following No Way Home, it did fall short. Um, and I think the you know if you're trying to emulate again, they're not trying to emulate, but they are trying to create the next big MCU event. You know, comparable to the Infinity War Endgame mashup. And but you know you had two writers that were consistent from from movie to movie 
writing that one. So it will be interesting to see how the collaboration goes uh, from from writer from the writer of of Kang's Dynasty into working with Michael Michael Waldron on on Secret Wars, and I guess also the director. Like, there's been rumors that Ryan Coogler is being tapped to potentially direct Secret Wars, and and you know, given the fact that they both have their own directors, uh, Destin and Ryan are actually friends, and I, I think that that might make perfect sense if Ryan Coogler does take up the mantle of of you know directing secret wars because he and destin can really work together and they already have that existing relationship so you know i think if 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 everything is just working then hopefully it goes well do you know what i mean but i'm hoping that michael waldron will have other people to work with not just himself right Mm -hmm. yeah i'm hoping that like like you said that there is collaboration between the two and even before leading up to the secret wars if we are going to be getting those kind of little Easter egg nods that lead to this final movie, much like we got for Infinity War and Endgame, that that they are there from the beginning to help formulate those those you know little stepping stones that will get us to that final story. Because I think that we got Loki was great in that he did he had all those stepping stones that got us to a certain point in payoff, and it was very well received. I feel like there was rushed and stuff was dropped for Multiverse of Madness, and I hope that they this time around he there's more focus on that interconnecting story between these two movies and even everything that precedes him. Almost, almost in a way, having you know being involved with all the things that are going to lead up to their inevitable mm-hmm. movies to say, oh, can we plant this here? Can we put this here? This mm-hmm. is really going to be helpful for me because then I don't have to worry about explaining this or you know what I mean. Like I think you're absolutely right. I think they have to have kind of oversight on all of the things that are happening but that's not to say i I don't think that they don't already have that right like if doom is going to make an appearance let's say in wakanda forever dr doom then do you know what i mean like that's something that everyone already knows that's working on future projects is that they can now potentially involve him and you know even fantastic four is meant to feed into kang's dynasty into secret wars that's really going to be interesting too where we kind of get that connectivity but i think a lot of this is really going to start up with uh quantum mania in february mm-hmm. i think we're going to see mm-hmm. a lot of the 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 storyline the, the things that we're we're going to be getting for the next two to three years just kind of kick off in that movie and uh yeah i i think that's where it's all going to begin for sure, and it'll also be it'll just be interesting to see, you know, Waldron work with a different director. I think a lot of my issues, at least, with Doctor Strange yeah, in the multiverse really. stems with the director, and and a lot of that movie felt like they were his decisions, and and a lot of the things I didn't like just felt very Sam Raimi, and not so much the same person who created some terrific moments with Loki, which I felt was a lot more consistent and just fit into the MCU a bit better. So uh, I'm willing to give him another chance. I'm just, again, I'm just a little hesitant that it's on such a big project. But again, I think whereas Doctor Strange was almost, I'm not going to say a one-off or a, a more solitary film on its own, I think with something like Secret Wars being so huge, or Secret Invasion, I should say. Um, Secret Wars. Secret Wars, right? Yeah. There's so many secrets going on here. Um, I just think, <laughs> I just think there, there'll be a lot more collaboration with Waldron and Feige and and everybody. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, that's at least that's what I'm hoping. And uh, yeah, I, I would never doubt uh, Feige and the team uh, coming up. So it'll certainly be interesting well, to see where they take it next. I guarantee we'll get our our director announcement probably shortly after the release of Black Panther. Well, we just got another announcement uh, for, for a non-MCU entity, but one that uh, myself and, and I'm sure fans of, of a, a little popular TV show have been waiting for years for. Uh, this story comes from Ryan Leston at IGN. Six seasons and a movie has come true as Community is finally getting its long-promised movie. Uh, after many starts and restarts, Community finally got through six seasons, and as the prophecy foretold, is finally getting the long-awaited movie. Uh, Peacock has ordered a movie based on the long-running comedy by Dan Harmon. Perhaps even more exciting is that almost all the original cast members will return, including Joel McHale, Danny Pudi, Alison Brie, Jillian Jacobs, Jim Rash, and Ken Jeong. Noticeably, original stars Yvette Nicole Brown and Donald Clover have not been confirmed, uh, though I wouldn't rule them out. However, Chevy Chase is extremely 
extremely unlikely to return after a very public falling out over the show. Uh, uh, a quote here, six seasons in a movie started out as a cheeky line from Community's early seasons and quickly ignited a passionate fan movement for this iconic, hilarious, and cool, cool, cool NBC comedy, said Chairman of Entertainment Content at NBC Universal Television and Streaming, Susan Rovner. She continues saying, we're incredibly grateful that 15 years later, we're able to deliver fans this promised movie and can't wait to get to work with Dan Harmon, Andrew Guest, Joel McHale, Sony, and our partners at UTV to continue this epic comedy for Peacock audiences. Uh, the idea was first uttered by Abed, played by Danny Pudi, during the season two episode, Paradigms of Human Memory, a spin of the flashback that never happened episode trope that clearly resonated with fans. Taking a shot at the canceled TV show The Cape, this episode sees uh, Abed dressed as the cape from the show during one of the flashbacks that never happened. Jeff is visibly angry and shouts, the show's going to last three weeks. In response, Abed says six seasons in a movie while running off, creating the meme that became a rallying cry for fans of community across the globe, especially as the show seemingly faced cancellation all the time throughout its own six seasons. Now with the show's six seasons behind us, it looks as though community is finally getting its own movie, and it's been on the cards for some time. Creator Dan Harmon has been saying that the film will happen since 2016, with regular updates suggesting the film is on its way. Community creator Dan Harmon is writing the movie and is also on board as executive producer, but no director has been locked in as yet. Um, and Mikhail, Andrew Guest, Russ Krasnoff, and Gary Foster are on board as executive producers. Uh, so I myself was a big Community fan, um, uh, and so and and followed it throughout its many iterations uh, over its many streaming platforms. Uh, it was it was quite the wild ride over over the show's twelve year run. Um, gentlemen, how about yourselves? How familiar are you with Community? Uh, like you, I've been a staunch follower since the beginning. I remember watching the first, like the pilot with my mom, uh, when it was airing and immediately falling in love with the, the quirky cast and all, and all that stuff and the, the wild antics they get up to at Greendale. So I, I am very excited to see where this movie goes. I'm just wondering if it's been too long or not. Like I, mm. I can't remember the last time I, I went and watched community or heard someone talk about community. So it just kind of seems out of the blue and at least to me. <laughs> Well, as someone who has watched episodes but hasn't watched it consistently, hasn't been a huge uh, sort of follower, if you will, but does appreciate the show and appreciate its comedy and its sort of meta nature and, and actually kind of really being one of the, I would say, first real comedies to kind of throw in the meta in a very uh, tongue-in-cheek way that I think a lot of shows now emulate, you know, in in, in various ways. Um, I think that the the cult following, if you will, or the passion of the fans, I think it'll it'll do well. Uh, it might weed out people, like you said, like some people who are like, oh, that was so long ago, I'm not into it. But I think the diehards are going to show up and watch this movie and want to know what it's all about and stick around. And I think that that's, that's really who it's for. Um, and I think that it's it's deserving too. Like the show has has such a rapport with people, and so many people love those characters and love the stories that they told in that show. That uh, yeah, you know, again, if it was a promise that you know fans, you know, very much they manifested it. It you know, uh, I think that that's that you know it's deserving uh, for them to have that opportunity to tell this story in, in in a movie. But it is obviously a stream like direct-to-stream movie, if right? It's not going to be in mm -hmm. theaters, so it's going to be something that will be available on Peacock. So, you know, again, what does that mean for the future uh, of, of the series? Is this it? Do you know what I mean? Like, is this their, is this, this going to be their goodbye to, to their characters and closing out, uh, you know, fulfilling the, the proclamation of six seasons in a movie and that's it? Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I certainly think so. And I hope, I hope that it's not just for the sake of, of doing six seasons in a movie because it became a, a, a popular meme and joke. And I hope that, you know, Dan Harmon really does have a, a worthy idea to bring here. But this is a, just a perfect example of how, you know, these streaming services and the fact that movies can be made and, and put into these platforms and, and not necessarily... Uh, producers or uh, studios aren't as afraid to have a potential flop on their hands with a, with a theatrical release oh, take a now that they could do... Yeah. Now that they can do streams and and whatnot, and and I just think it'll be very interesting, given the the up and down nature of the show, where it it was great for a few seasons, then tapered off uh, after they they lost Dan Harmon, then he came back and 
really helped resurrect it. Uh, and then, you know, it was obviously tough to lose to lose Donald Glover. He he had bigger, better things to sort of to look out for. Um, so, I mean, I really do hope that we we get Troy back. Uh, I think I don't think you can have a movie without his character. Um, and yeah, I think I, I, I think was, that would really help. Yeah, for sure. And was a lot of it just not wanting to be typecasted as as that character? Is that part of the reason why he he wanted to leave it, or was it just because he he wanted to pursue other things outside of of being Troy? I think as far as I can remember, it was that he wanted to focus more on Childish Gambino and, and music. He was taking a step back from acting as a whole at that point. Uh, so it would be cool seeing that he's starting to step back into acting shoes the, the later years, stuff like that. It would be neat to see if he comes back as sure, Troy. Sure, yeah. Just or even a, a, an older Troy who has who's grown up a bit more. We can see where he is now because that's kind of what everyone's wondering after his whole boat excursion that we got. <laughs> right, uh, that's, that was the way they. Basically. Yeah, yeah, that's the way they sent him off. I remember. Yeah, okay. hopefully, yeah. hopefully he survived his big trek and uh, <laughs> and yeah, he's he's ready to return. Maybe he he went off and became a, a famous musician himself. You know, the way they like to sort of play tongue in cheek with everything. Well, that's I what could, I was thinking. I was yeah. thinking he comes back and he's got like some sort of like oldish uh you know boy i don't know you could come he's, up with he's something the juvenile, he's childish gambino. He's the juvenile yeah. bambino or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> oldish bambino there you go <laughs> love it love it that's where that works that works there you go there you go we got him we got him back in the show no problem there we go. perfect <laughs> uh but i am excited about that maybe we'll get uh a little paintball. We'll get a little fort action. Uh, lots of neat uh, little throwbacks to the show that uh, were so popular with fans that they could um, that they could definitely uh, harken back to with the return to Greendale one more time. Uh, but that will do it for the news. Uh, as always, we're now going to follow it up with a with a little serenade on uh, the banjo. Uh, I'm going to cue that up because it's trailer time. <laughs> All right, our first trailer is for Bones and All, a coming-of-age romantic horror road film. That's that's quite the the genre. Uh, directed by Luca Guadagnino uh, from a screenplay by David Kajanik, uh, based on the 2015 novel of the same name by Camille DeAngelis. The film follows cannibalistic lovers Marin and Lee as they embark on a road trip across Reagan-era America. The film stars Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet with Mark Rylance, Michael Stahlberg, Chloe Sevedny, and David Gordon Green. The film premiered at the 79th Venice International Film Festival, where it won the Silver Lion for Best Direction. It's scheduled for release on November 18th. That's, I believe that's a limited release with a wider release on Thanksgiving, and nothing will get you in the mood for that family dinner at Thanksgiving than a film about... <laughs> Star-crossed lovers, yeah, yeah, star-crossed lovers killing and eating their food. Yeah, that is that is wholesome entertainment for you. Um, <laughs> but I gotta say, this is uh, this trailer definitely caught me off guard. I was I'm intrigued. Uh, I think again, it it is what we, oh, at least what I'm enjoying about cinema right now is blending of genres. So you have the the road trip lover horror all mixed together in this i think it's really interesting um and obviously given the 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 uh highlights and and this sort of celebration that it's been getting at, at festivals and you know the trailer is just riddled with with lovely comments of it um it seems like it 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 hits well it 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 does the job um it'll be interesting to see timothy chalamet kind of uh lean into more of a a sadistical sort of role i don't think we've really gotten that from him uh very much like even in the moments that we saw in dune where he kind of he's not sadistic but like just the emotional range it was very it was a little more tempered because he's still obviously figuring out himself but here it seems like we'll see uh plethora of emotional range from from timothy chalamet well i you know and as excited as i am because i do think this will be a a, a a new sort of a version of timothy chalamet that we we haven't seen and and after was it uh, about a year ago we had the year of timothy um, um but no so it'll be it'll be neat to see him in a different type of role for him but even just the supporting cast with mark rylance and, and michael stolberg uh alone is enough to that that had me interested even before the just smattering of of uh, critical praise that sort of ended the trailer there it really looks like it's resonated with audiences um but yeah i think the the supporting cast there 
really has me intrigued just because I love any time those two are on screen. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I'll be seeing this one. Uh, it looks like it's really leaning into that horror aspect, and it's the aspect of horror I don't like where it's too real and makes me uncomfortable. But again, I'm a fan of Chalamet, so who knows? I might be going back to my word once I, I hear you guys rave about it and how much I need to see it. So I, I'm intrigued, but also, like most horror movies, not wanting to watch it. But I guess that's kind of the whole point, of, uh, like appeal of horror movies is that... Uh, gritty grotesqueness sometimes I, I do wonder if this will be a movie that will see some award noms and maybe even some wins um maybe for some of that supporting from the supporting cast like you mentioned uh kev uh but i think you know definitely timothy chalamet will probably uh be nominated even taylor russell who knows very it looks like um looks like a new take on uh, natural born killers i don't know if you remember that movie from, there you go that's a good that's ago, a good yeah. sort of uh, parallel to draw to it for sure and it's just more modern, obviously. It seems it's a little bit more contemporary. So I'm wondering if, you know, the well, way I mean, that no, it's, movie it's was... set in the 80s as well, right? In the in Reagan oh, era is, yes. America. So it is yeah. it's it's very similar in in that regard then. And it'll be the 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 two uh far from um traditional uh you know, romantic leads. Uh you know, you're sort mm -hmm. of rooting for the bad guys it seems here. Um which is always an interesting uh take, but Apparently the, the the meshing of horror and romance is is rather well done, and it's something I've I've not heard uh, being done all too often before. So the film certainly has uh, a unique look and feel to it. Now, speaking of unique, why don't we jump into our second trailer here? Uh, so, Gujitama, which loosely translates to Lazy Egg, is a Japanese cartoon character from a show that broadcast in a morning news section on TBS. No, not that TBS. Uh, the Tokyo Broadcast System Holdings. Uh, now, each episode lasts for approximately one minute, and as of 2017, it had nearly 1,000 episodes. Uh, and so the trailer we watched uh, was for the live-action CG animation hybrid Gujitama, An Excellent Adventure, which is set to debut on Netflix with 10 episodes. Um, yeah, this one this one has a really fun look to it. Uh, it it did looks you, really Did you cool. say excellent or excellent? Because you missed the pun if you said it. <laughs> is it an excellent adventure? It is. It's excellent. Yes, it is. Okay. Oh, geez. I thought I was yeah. creative using it in my intro there, but no, I, I had to have gotten it from somewhere. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense then. So I'm not the brilliant genius that uh, I was patting myself on the back for. Okay, no, fair this, enough. This this looks like tons of fun. I've I'm familiar with the anime that you referenced, but I, I've never watched all thousand episodes. Uh, I know that there's there's toys and there's plushies and there's all these like uh, almost like emojis and sticker packs that you can get for this character. Um, so very popular. Um, so I, I love that you know Netflix is you know gonna be releasing and working obviously with I'm imagining a studio based in in Tokyo or in, in Japan to pr bring this to life. Um, and it kind of. It kind of hits almost like a Marcel the Shell with shoes, uh, very similar. Yeah, I, I definitely got that vibe. Yeah, for sure, and and just this sort of life adventure, and yeah, it looks like it's going to be fun. I was laughing out loud uh, the entire time I watched this trailer, so uh, I'm I'm interested to see what it is. I think I think we should review it. In all honesty, <laughs> I'd wholeheartedly be down for that. I love Sanrio <laughs> stuff. I'm a huge fan of Agretsuko, which is the other Netflix show they have going on right now, and just. The idea behind Gudetama is something that's always appealed to me in that it's he's basically a lazy, depressed egg. And in order to see him and interact with him, you also have to be just as lazy or depressed or listless in life. And it's just it's, everyone has felt that at some point and just the antics that the egg gets up to and, and the hijinks and stuff like that are also heartwarming that this seems like the perfect property to bring into a live action format because there is just so much laughs and fun to be had with these two characters. And it, it looks like it's going to have emotional hits. Like it's, it's oh, going yeah. to like there's. It's going to be again like a, a Marcel the Shell with shoes on, right? Like it's just it's going to have that that emotional uh, resonance with with audiences. So I'm I I think it's going to do well. Well, and it's, it was such a great description of the character Darce because uh, when I was doing a little research, uh, it turns out that originally it was meant for for young children, but because of just sort of the 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 struggle that the character goes through it resonated with adolescent audiences a lot more that sort of you know sometimes you do just want to be a lazy egg sort of attitude which is very 
much not um, a part of uh, Japanese culture that that would be celebrated in a way that this character is, and so he's almost almost an anti-hero for for a, a certain generation uh, in that regards, and yeah, has sort of taken on a life of his own because hey, of that. You got a lot of lazy eggs and ramen noodles, right? So had <laughs> <laughs> to start somewhere. But I think again, it'll be interesting to see if they're contained episodes or if it's an overarching story that carries between 10 episodes or if it's like very much how you described Kevin with the original series, you know, they're very self-contained episodes and they don't necessarily connect. But I feel like if they're going to go, they're leaning into live action, there's probably going to be some sort of overarching theme that uh, or narrative that connects them all. Yeah, I, I certainly think it It sort of felt like it was going to lean that way, but uh, there's only one way to find out. By the sounds of it, we are going to do our best here at Geekcentric to uh, cover this show, so uh, stay tuned <laughs> for future reviews on uh, what should be an excellent adventure. Um, all right, let's move into now our final trailer, which is for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, this was a massive trailer. The film is a sequel to 2018's Black Panther, uh, and it's set to be the 30th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ryan Coogler returns to direct the film. Uh, he also co-wrote the movie with Joe Robert Cole. In the film, the leaders of the Kingdom of Wakanda fight to protect their nation from invading forces in the wake of King T'Challa's death. And a new threat emerges from the hidden undersea nation of Talokan. The film sees returns from Latita Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Dene Gurir, uh, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, and Martin Freeman, and introduces Dominique Thorne and Tainok Huerta. The film is scheduled to be released on November 11th as the final film of Phase 4 of the MCU. Uh, obviously, we already got a teaser trailer just a little while ago. I believe that was at uh, Comic-Con, Comic-Con this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was our first full trailer uh showed a heck of a lot more uh sort of what we can expect from the tone of the film looks really gritty looks really harrowing uh what were your guys thoughts on this uh pretty epic trailer uh they certainly made uh, his silly little wing feet things look actually intimidating the way pretty he's badass. able to nimbly yeah. move around there like i'm yeah. actually afraid of that now at first it's like this is not going to work live screen, live action or anything like that. But uh, no, I buy it. He's he's threatening. Oh, yeah, when he darts off in the sky there, and he's he's going off into the sky to face uh, the, I guess the Wakanda ships. Yeah, like that. That mm-hmm. was that was pretty badass to see. And yeah, I think a lot of people. I, I know Nate. Nate's not with us, and he he was he definitely had a lot of things to say. We we chatted about this offline, and um, yeah, he he wasn't he doesn't know how he feels about that. It's kind of cool, he says. Um, I, I dig it. It is. It's totally true to the character. So I'm glad that they kept it and they didn't like remove it or whatever they call it, retcon it, and just get rid of it and you know make it not not matter. It, it's still integral to his character. Um, but yeah, very much like the teaser. I, I think that while we see a lot in this trailer, and I, I think you're absolutely right, Kevin. It's very harrowing. It's very gritty. We see the the stakes, if you will. We really don't know what's going on other than. I think the biggest thing that carries from the teaser into this is is cultures colliding and families colliding and uh, maybe even dynasties uh, colliding in in some aspects. And I think you know it's it's been said that the UN is is intimidated by Wakanda and they want the vibranium because it is a weapon of mass destruction. So that's where we're seeing these military uh, people trying to uh, obviously steal and and you know take some of that. And I think that. You know, that's going to play a part. Uh, trust. Um, and obviously, given the fact that the Wakanda's broken in many ways because they've lost their king and what that looks like from a family standpoint and legacy. Um, this this trailer does a lot in terms of getting me hyped even more with such a booming score, like just how it how it builds so similar to to the teaser which you know had very contemporary music melded together that i think spoke volumes about the message about you know no woman no cry and we're going to be all right you know just this, these two things kind of coming together and here it's you know very much a very ritual very very rooted in in i think something deeper um so i'm i'm excited to see what what this movie's all about so much to to break down what did you guys did you guys catch anything that like really grabbed your eye other than obviously that final scene where we get uh uh our look at what looks to be 
Black Panther, uh, and and everyone's pretty certain it's it's uh, Shuri. What do you do? You guys think that that that's the that's who it is? I mean, I was thinking it was going to be Shuri leading up to this trailer, and the the focus on the Dora Milaje may, leads me to believe that maybe it's one of them picking up the mantle because Shuri feels more comfortable in her role as the one designing the tech. So that that was it's it's funny how before this trailer I thought that. Sure, he was the sure bet for like a hundred percent, but now I'm kind of second guessing myself because it seems like the the Milage or the Dora Milage will be uh, playing a much bigger role in this this conflict. So yeah, I, and this is where I wanted to kind of talk with you guys about because I know Nate uh, again he was mentioning that he thinks that we're going to see more than one Black Panther uh, through mm-hmm. this movie, and I know Eric Voss from New Rock Stars is is on that same train as well. And I gotta say, I'm not. I'm. I'm thinking that this is pretty apparent that this is 100% Shuri uh, in that costume. The, the you know, people have called it out on Twitter. The 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 dotted uh, specks on her mask, uh, on the on the Black Panther's mask, match that of what she wore uh, at the end of Black Panther in her confrontation with uh, uh, Killmonger. As well as I think what we see in the beginning of this trailer uh, when she's uh, in in the sort of funeral gar- garment with her mother, gold uh, around uh, her 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 forearms as well is an indication that I think it's her. But someone with some eagle eyes pointed out somewhere in this trailer, <laughs> I can't remember the exact <laughs> time spot. But there's another shot of a Black Panther in the background. But a lot of people have seemed to be debunking it as just it's probably. Shuri again, but just it hasn't been completed uh, CGI. But this started a whole conversation on Twitter of people saying there's more than one Black Panther. There's more than one Black Panther. We're going to see more. And I don't know, like, I just don't know if it makes sense to have more Black Panthers. I think that's that kind of takes away from what the what it means to be a Black Panther and to be, you know, the leader of Wakanda, the succession of of the family dynasty, right? Like, I think very much in real life, we're going to see this, you know, happen in the movie. But, you know, I think Letitia Wright was probably spoken to and said, like, you know, this is happening a lot sooner than we would want, but we want you to be the next Black Panther, given the situation that's that's happened here with the loss of Chadwick. And I think that's also going to take place in the movie. You know, like, it's going to be thrusted upon her. And like you said, Darcy, she doesn't want that. I don't think she wants that. And I think that what we're seeing here is all this conflict that's going on in and around Wakanda and how Wakanda is is kind of broken because there is no sense of leadership. And to see her in this costume and to land, it's there's the leadership. There's there's the return of of bringing Wakanda together forever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it is going to center around one person being Black Panther. Now, if the threat is so great that she says, you know what? You get a Black Panther suit. You get a Black Panther suit. She goes full Oprah and just throws Black Panther suits on all of like the toughest people in Wakanda. Then sure, I guess that's that that would make sense. But it just feels like it would diminish the importance of the Dora Milaje to just say, well, you're now more stronger because you have the Black Panther suit. Do you know what I mean? Like the Dora Milaje is, is already seen as like these fierce warriors in there without. <laughs> I I was just thinking that it would kind of make sense too if if they if we get. Uh, Black Panthers from like almost all the tribes and how it is the strength of Wakanda is its people coming from all walks of life and stuff like that. So that was my aspect in thinking that maybe we'll see more than one. I think I think it's totally on the table, man. It's it's something that could totally happen, but you know, again, it's it's fandom, right? Anything is possible. But I'm I'm just wondering if again, it's this idea of succession, what we're gonna see here, and given the story that I think is gonna be kind of juxtaposed juxtaposed with. Namor's story and and his people and them coming out of sort of this this sort of hidden world and making themselves known to everyone else how that might you know I'm wondering if if we're going to see a connection between these two because because Tainu Chwerda he went on the record of saying he's not the villain um, uh, of this movie which I think is interesting I think we actually see the true villain in this movie in the trailer. We see a Tuma jumping up in the one shot, the the blue guy with the headdress yeah. and the spear. And I think that like in the comics, he is typically uh, billed as Namor's arch nemesis. So he's always kind of fighting Namor to try and rule Atlantis in the comics, or I guess in the movies will be Talo Khan. But I think that we might be seeing he he's the one who's whispering in Namor's yes, ear, driving him to this conflict with Wakanda. So yeah. I, I totally believe that being uh, the 
the reasoning behind yeah. uh, Tanakh Huerta's statement saying he's not the villain. I, I also Atuma is for sure. I, I wonder too if if like even just from a motive standpoint, we're going to hear you know Namor's story and and kind of understand like why and and maybe even feel justified like you know by those by his actions to understand right uh, you know because it's that that's some compelling stuff when you can actually care for your villain and and you know understand where they're coming from that really speaks volumes and i think that that's what they're going to do with namor uh yeah i think you know that's that's been a theme in in the in the first black panther movie as well right where eric killmonger um you know uh, his 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 mission his his what drives him uh didn't make him a bad guy it was maybe just the way he went about doing it and so i wonder if that's a theme sort of carried on here um um uh so it's it'll definitely be interesting but we do not have long to wait we're we're just over a month now but uh here's hoping we can uh work with our friends over at disney and uh get you set up uh heading into the big november 11th release date uh, but that does it for trailer time. It's time to wrap up the program like we always do with a little bit of whatcha. Here we like to discuss things that we're we're watching, we're reading, maybe some a game we're playing. Uh, you know, you know, just just something on the side that uh, that's a little passion viewing or or whatnot for ourselves. Uh, so let's jump right into that. Uh, Dars, what you been up to? Uh, well, recently I I had a little bit of a board game night with some of my friends here and I played a, a new game, uh, Scooby-Doo the board game, uh, published by one of my favorite game companies, Cool Mini or Not. And it is a surprisingly robust game considering it's Scooby-Doo and you're hunting down a bad guy. So that's that's one of the more nerdy aspects. But what I've been into the last few days really is uh, I've picked up Tunic on uh, Nintendo Switch. And it's uh, a love letter to Zelda games and adventure games as a whole. And it's just such a heartwarming little isometric puzzle platformer game like everything about it is so good and the fact that it was developed by one guy and, and created by this this guy who left his company because he's he had this passion wanting to bring back this adventure style game and it is so worth picking up if you haven't checked it out already tunic by uh by finji games so good it's funny uh on, on the last few weeks of this week in geek you've become our uh, you know our, our video game go to for for your uh, nice little recommendations, and I, I like how you're 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 sticking to the the maybe a little bit more underground, the the not so publicized games here, finding mm-hmm. some secret gems. Uh, just taking a look at this one, uh, definitely looks like it's uh, it's got a really beautiful style to it. Um, yeah, you've you've recommended a few games in the last few weeks that I've wanted to check out. I just wish I had more time for gaming. Uh, I could never seem to find it, but uh, I would certainly follow up on your recommendations if I did have the time to do so. Uh, but Justin, how about yourself? What you been up to? Oh, well, um, actually watched some content that was not related to anything that we needed to review, <laughs> which was nice. Uh, some some content that I've been meaning to, to watch uh, this weekend. Um, a movie dropped on Netflix that I was very excited to, to watch. It's from Kid Cudi. Uh, it actually goes along with his album, uh, and it's called Enter Galactic, um, and it is a animated movie uh, that's broken up into six chapters uh, that tells a story uh, about an ambitious artist named Jabari uh, who attempts to sort of balance uh, success and love after he, he moves into a, a new apartment in, in Manhattan. He's, he's getting super successful in his career, and he actually ends up falling in love with uh, his neighbor. Again, it's animated, so it is absolutely beautiful. It is so surreal. It is wild, and and it's a vibe of its own. Um, and the music, the visuals elevate Kid Cudi's music, and it was just a really great way to kind of marry the two, you know, creating, you know, not just a music video, but creating a film in and around a mood and a time frame and a, and a story that that is very relatable and using the music to kind of subsequently connect the dots and i thought it was well done uh there's some great uh voice actors timothy chalamet's in it uh jaden smith's in it macaulay culkin's in it um and they're subsequently just sort of side characters but uh laura harrier who plays carmen is in it she was uh she plays liz in spider-man homecoming and that and then you have kid cuddy who plays jabari the main character and jessica williams who plays meadow and what's really great about the animation is that they all all the characters look like the voice actors that that are portraying them so you know 
Macaulay Culkin's character looks very much like Macaulay Culkin. Uh, even Carmen looks so much like Laura. And our main character, you know, Jabari, definitely looks like Kid Cudi. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that they, they tried to blend the two so that it wasn't necessarily... It was trying to find a balance between this feeling live action but surreal at the same time. Because... Uh, yeah, I thought it was it was really well done, and and the style is so unique to to its to its own self. The visual style is crazy. It looks like Waking Life meets uh, Into the Spider Verse. But yeah, exactly. It's more Into the Spider Verse, and it's it's definitely very painterly, like Waking Life. But it's also more. I think it's called Staccato, where it's just a lot more like very jittery animation. But the cityscapes, the spacescapes, they're just stunning. They're absolutely stunning. So definitely check it out. Um, and then as a bonus hit, I also got into checking out Reboot on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's from the television team that brought you Modern Family. Uh, it's a little more crude and a little more in your face. And it is very meta in the topic of shows that are being rebooted. And it's, it's absolutely lovely. It stars uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Judy Greer, uh, Johnny Knoxville, Paul Reisner um, as sort of the main staple cast. It's absolutely tons of fun. Um, I totally recommend it. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's a weekly drop episode. It's, it's great. Yeah, I think, I think Nate mentioned uh, Reboot last week on, on Whatcha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's making its yeah. circle through the geek-centric yeah. team for sure. So I watched all... I watched all the episodes that they had, it, it, they're they're great. So definitely, I totally was as I was watching it. I was like, "This is like a Kevin show for sure." So like you know, especially because <laughs> you you loved Modern Family. So this this definitely goes that crude mentality, but there's less of the um, breaking the fourth wall and camera talking. It's just it's very apparent though that it is very mockumentary, if you will. Nice. Nice. Well, from mockumentary to uh, documentary, uh, I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham, which is oh, yeah. uh, a, a docuseries on FX. Uh, essentially, uh, it chronicles uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney, uh, creator of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, on a whim, Rob McElhaney uh, purchases a, uh, a lower tier football team in Wrexham, Wales. And uh, so this kind of chronicles their journey. Uh, it's a really neat story. Uh, the way it, it shows the importance of this football club to its community. Uh, and that's very much something that Rob McElhaney identified with. Uh, I mean, he came from Philadelphia, where it's a much larger city. <laughs> but it's the, you know, the team means so much to so many people. Uh, and so, yeah, they had to get voted in to sort of take over ownership, and they have big goals to to get the team promoted. Uh, they're down in the fourth tier, so they're they're quite a ways from the glory days of being in the Premier League, uh, like like Wrexham was back in the day. But just the team itself, I mean, they play in the oldest um, pro sports stadium in the world uh, that's still in operation, uh, and so they're slowly doing renovations to the stadium. But just to see how. The communities embrace them. The community has has uh, been reinvigorated with their football club, uh, and it's certainly not a show where you need to be a sports fan to to appreciate the story. the The football really is secondary to the story about the people uh, surrounding this team and what it means to them. And then you know to get to see Ryan Reynolds if you're a big fan of him or Rob McElhaney sort of in these roles. It's really really cool. Sarah and I absolutely love the show, uh, and I love the way they're they're sort of releasing it on. To uh, uh, into the 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 the, the world here. It's uh, two episodes a week, which is nice. So so you get uh, about uh, an hour and ten minutes worth of content every week. Uh, I think they're scheduled for eighteen episodes for this season here. But uh, the hardest thing is I've had to stop following Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney on Twitter because I noticed they were posting results of football matches, and I don't <laughs> want to know how the club is doing. I want to organically follow. Uh, the story and see if they are able to succeed as the show goes on. So that's that's been a bit of a bummer that I lost two guys that I really like to follow <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but no, it's worth the show. Again, you don't have to be a sports fan. Uh, just, just a fan of stories about people. And, and uh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds brings a, a real great personality to it. So it's a, it's a really cool story. It's, it's honestly the ultimate dream for a sports fan is to just go and and buy a team and try and, and bring them back to, to prosperity and success. That's, that's the ultimate dream. So uh, for myself, yeah, I'm, I'm just absolutely loving the show and uh, recommend it to, to anybody. 
Yeah, well, I think uh, one of our fellow geeks who's not on this show has already watched it all. So Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I was surprised uh, that uh, Nate was uh, a big fan of that. But uh, no, I just had to, I had he, to sort of take over. Has... And, and t- I had to, he got to talk about it last week, so I wanted to sort of jump in and, and sort of spotlight it for myself just because uh, the, even the, the several episodes that came out since the last time Nate and I briefly chatted about it, uh, just it, it's, it gets better every week as you sort of fall in love with these these players and and the the people around the team uh more and more but uh that will do it for this week in geek thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't already be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review we always appreciate the love and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this week's news you can reach us at we are at gmail.com or if that's a little bit too much like a rotten egg and you're more of the cannibal type, hit us up on Twitter at GeekCentricYT <laughs> and Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. As always, we have plenty of awesome content to check out. We have our spoiler-free review for Hocus Pocus 2, as well as a series of interviews with the cast and crew, including director Ann Fletcher, as well as stars of the film Sam Richardson, Doug Jones, Whitney Peak, Lilia Buckingham, and Belissa Escobedo. Uh, that was an absolutely magical experience, so be sure to check it out uh, either where you listen to podcasts or on YouTube at YouTube.com geekcentric we also have two watch clubs on the go that's right not one but two this includes our spoiler free thoughts uh, and watch club episodes for the first three episodes of disney plus's andor uh, we're also right in the thick of our watch club for disney plus's she hulk attorney at law and coming up we have our spoiler free and spoiler filled reviews for werewolf by night so keep an eye out for those Plus, just like the show you listen to right now, we have our weekly This Week in Geek, where we look at all the latest news and trailers from the Geekiverse. Uh, And there's just a ton of other great stuff for you to check out wherever you listen to podcasts, so uh, go out and do just that. Thank you so much for joining us, and as we say, laters. Get home safe, guys. Peace. Peace.